Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the White Boys Can't Jump podcast. You're joined today by me, Addison. We've got Josh, we've got Hadley tuning in from Australia, and we've got Jono. We're glad to have you back. Let's get into an extra special playoff preview. Woo! Alright, what's up guys? Welcome. Uh, Going to be a big week ahead of us. We've got the playoffs, as I'm sure you guys all know. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Are you guys excited? Like, I'm kind of excited. Can't wait for some playoff basketball, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. It's going to yeah. be all I'm going to be spending so for my easy. Easter break. All the rest doing, just sitting there watching ESPN. And the grades might drop a little bit, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mid-sem break. It's just at the right time. <laughs> I wish I had a mid-sem break. Oh, yeah, we get it, Josh. You're like an adult who works now. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Uh, surely, surely new job. I don't expect too much of you. Perfect opportunity to sit there and watch basketball on like a split screen all day. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, just... got two monitors. Definitely, definitely an option. Yeah, you should just get like league pass, chuck it on for the office, you know. Everyone will love you. I think that's yeah. a good way. Good way definitely, to definitely a great way to make new friends in the office. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, guys, uh, welcome to today's episode. Uh, before we get into the um, uh, the playoff preview that we've got planned, um, we're going to do the Purtle again. That was fun last time. I don't think any of us have done it today, right, guys? So no, that's, that's no. going to be good. Um, I'm going to just share my screen. But, yeah, um, have you guys been doing it every day or is it just me? Just I've been doing it right. most days. Oh, yeah. The I don't day. do it. The odd day. Okay, all right. Well, someone hit me with a player. Let's, let's just get right into it. Wow. Uh, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. You know what? That's a good That's a good guess. Kind of, you know, in the middle-ish age, mid, mid-height. I like it. Lonzo Ball. Oh, okay. Terrible right. guess. No, it's all right. It's good. But, you know, we've some things out. He's in the West. He's taller than 6'6", six, six, <clears throat> and he's 25 or 26. Jokic. Right. Jokic. How old's Jokic? Yeah, that's a good guess. I like it. Oh, I actually don't know how old Jokic is. So this is gonna be interesting. Is he like 28? 27. Alright. Okay, so not in the Northwest Division. So maybe someone on the maybe someone on the Mavs? Could be could be the Mavs. Oh guys. hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh I can't actually think of anyone in that age bracket on the Mavs, so maybe not the Mavs. Maybe someone like the Clippers or the Lakers. No one's, that, no one's that young on the Lakers, let's be honest. Malik Monk, maybe? How old's he? Yeah, he's is not he, a guard. He, it's like is he a, above 6'6"? Six, six? It's like a forward position as well. Yeah, about Nicholas Batum? Batum, he's old, bro. Is he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's not old, younger than 26. Yeah, he's, he's way out of that age bracket. What about someone in the Suns? <clears throat> no. Kings, maybe? Harrison Barnes? No, he's older than 27. Way older. Yeah, about the Rockets. No, not the Rockets. Pretty young. I think of Grizzlies, maybe. Could be the Grizzlies. Could be like a Kyle Anderson. Yeah, that's a good guess. Let's go with that. Hmm. Well, six oh, nine. Well, okay, so six nine. Interesting. <clears throat> interesting. So he's. Yeah. So he must be twenty six. In the Pacific okay. Division, we know. Okay, so everyone listening at home, Pacific Division uh, could be a forward, potentially, most likely a forward, 6'9 height, 
between the ages. So it's either age 25, 26, or yeah, 25 or 26. In the Pacific Andrew division. Wiggins? Oh, yeah. That's actually not a bad guess. I reckon you might be onto that one. Oh, Golden State. Oh, that's oh. a good one from us. Got Golden you, State. got you. What about like a, it could be Otto Porter? So, so we need a 6 9 forward. I reckon it's on Otto the Pacific Porter. Division. Otto Porter? Can we go with that? Yeah, I'm going to go with Otto Porter. Oh, no. Not Otto Porter Jr. We've got three guesses. What about... um? Oh, who's that? Oh, he's in the Warriors. Third? Yeah, that's someone the third. Um... Oh, Gary Payton Gary or something? Yeah, Gary is, he, is he a four? No, I feel no. like he's small. I, feel like I he's thought he's a guard. Small. Yeah. No. What about Bialicia? Or... Uh... Um, is he, yeah, isn't he old? Is he old? I'm pretty sure he's older than that. I'm looking for someone that's like 26-ish. 25 or 26 on the Warriors. This is a... It's stumping me a little bit. We can go with... We'll just go with Bielitsa just to... I don't know how to spell Bielitsa. Oh, there we go. There's a J. Oh, yeah. He's flipping 33. Yeah, thought so. Okay, we've got two more guesses. Six nine. There should only be one other person who's six nine. Yeah, that there should be like if we knew the person, we should know who it is. You know? No, okay. Now let's think about this. Okay, so it's not <clears> the <throat> starters. Who comes off the bench? Bench. Oh, it could be like Damian Oh, like a Kaminga or Looney. That was young. That, as. Oh, that, Looney? They're not, not Looney. 25, 26. Looney, Looney could Looney be. Is. Oh Loon oh no, but he's Looney. not a forward though. He's a center, isn't he? Nah, I think he's about six nine. No, nah, no, nah, he's bigger than six nine. He's like seven foot. No way, he's seven foot. I can just come that, Eddie. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, we're I running out of options here. Yeah, I don't know that many other. Oh Warriors yeah, players. I told Let's you. Let's go. Josh. Yeah. Let's no go. way, six nine. On Looney, yeah, six nine, twenty six years old. Okay. No, nah. good. I'll take that. I don't trust that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't trust it? You want to do some research yourself? I'm going to do some research to see if Kevin if Looney's 6'9". He's been on the Warriors for like five years now. He seems really young, but he's like, like not that young. All right, well, that was fun. That was good. Johnny, you weren't cheating this time, were you? Because remember last time you were going through all the rosters. <laughs> oh, man. I just had to, I had to check out what teams were in what divisions because I don't know anything about that. But yeah, true. That's, like, I had to... That was when I was, you know, a rookie at the game. I had to, I had to go back and like, you know, check out all the divisions. But I think I got it down pad now. I reckon I could, I reckon I could go through all the divisions through every team. <coughs> anyway, all right, let's get into the playoffs, guys. We've got the seven and eight um, playing games were just held yesterday. We've got the, um, we've got the second playing games. Uh, oh, sorry, the third ones actually to determine <coughs> eight seed tomorrow. So we've got. Still that to figure out. But yeah, who's uh, who wants to talk about um the we'll start with the West. Who's uh Josh, hey, you're gonna you're gonna take us through that first first lot in the West. Yes, yeah, so first we've got the um obviously for the eight seed, we've got uh the Pelicans versus the Clips. So the Clips coming off a loss against the T Wolves for that um seven seed in the playoffs. I'm sure Hadley would fizzing at a bit to talk about that. Oh man, I'm just gonna stay out of this. <laughs> You're a little bit sad, Hadley. It's all good. I trust, trust. You got trust. Trust. Now. Trust. 
and one Michael Gordon slash Reggie Jackson. That's the one. Anyway, continue, Josh. Totally. So, um, John, do you want to quickly touch on the thoughts of that um, last playoff game there in the West? I mean, the yeah. playing game there in the West? Yeah, so obviously an interesting one. We had a couple of, you know, tight match up there between the Wolves and the Clippers and just lost there. And then I would say Pelicans were pretty comfortable over the Spurs. So coming in off sort of different game dynamics coming into this game. I've definitely, I've personally got the Clippers. Um, there was a stretch of about five or six minutes in the start of the fourth quarter in the Spurs game um, with Brandon Ingram in the game, I believe, where the Pelicans could not score at all. And the Spurs don't have that offensive firepower to like take advantage of that. But when you've got a Clippers team with a clear go-to option and Paul George and other players like Reggie Jackson and even like Marcus Morris who can really take advantage, I just see them as having that experience and like, yeah, even the clutchness to really take out like a good, but like a, a little bit more inexperienced Pelicans team. How about you, Edison? Yeah, I'll just, I just want to touch something on that, um, that, that Timberwolves um, Clippers game. I'm actually kind of glad that um, it turned out the way that it did. I was kind of, kind of rooting for a um, Grizzlies Timberwolves matchup and hopefully a Suns Clippers matchup. You know, you got that rematch. All the emotions will be in it for the Clippers, and then you've got like two of the fastest teams in the league, and the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies just trying to outrun each other, basically. So it, it should be a good series, but obviously we're going to come come back to that soon. Yeah, um, I trust the Clippers honestly in this game. They've got so much more experience that a, a young team like the Pelicans. I just I just don't see them being able to pull off two games in a row like that. Honestly, I mean, yeah, it's not not really. I think this, uh, the Clippers are the only team that could actually challenge the Suns. So just in terms of wanting to watch some competitive basketball, kind of hoping the Clippers win. Okay, it sounds like um, all of us do have that, have the Clippers there in that um, final playing game there in the West. So moving on to the 1-8 seed, presuming that we've, got, we've all got the Clippers. So we're looking at the Suns-Clippers um Serious there. What do we think about that going to you, John? I first. I think it could be an interesting matchup. I would have still the Suns in like four or five. I think um, one of the big potential X factors in this series for the Suns is the defense of Mikael Bridges. If you're chucking him on Paul George, he's been one of the best players um, on defense all year, um, underrated or even maybe one of the favorites for defensive player of the year. And I think he would do a really good job on Paul George, and that allows. The rest of the Suns' offense, where you're looking at players like, you know, the center pieces like Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, maybe, and then you've got other great players that slot in around that, like the likes of Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, who are good from the outside. Um, I see them just being too clinical and too good in, yeah, seven game series. Mm, yeah, good insights there. How about you, Eddie? Yeah, um, I think the thing with the Suns and why they're obviously the favorites. Um, by quite quite a lot they've got just according to one of these websites the second best odds to win the championship like and obviously the best odds to come out of the west the reason for that is their clutch their clutch rating their clutch play they're 33 and 9 in clutch clutch games which is games under five minutes to go with the score within five points so that's incredible percentage winning 79 percent of their clutch games and their net rating is 33.4 which means they're outscoring their opponents by 33.4 points per 100 possessions in clutch time, which is the third best of all time. And that's playoff games are going to slow down. Playoff games are going to be clutch just because of how it works, because that's how it works. And 
they're just so incredibly good at that. I just don't see them losing, at least in the first round anyway. Like that it's just been too sustainable and it's been too too high of a um too high of a sample size for that to just be fluky. They've got an incredible roster with the two guards surrounded by incredible role players like Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and that they they are the favourites and they should be the favourites to be honest. Yeah, to- yeah, totally. I've intentionally left Ad- um, Hadley there till last because he's a Clippers fan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but um, all this, four, to be right, honest, Hadley. this all this all this makes sense. And I actually probably would agree with all you guys, but I think to make it interesting, I've got another point to add. So first of all, this is presuming the Clippers get in, and I'm, you know, I would hope that they win, but, you know, CJ McCollum's been playing well. I'm not saying I think the Pelicans will win, but I definitely won't count it guaranteed. Now, I saw something the other day in terms of the Clippers Sun series where I just like to point this out where I still think the Suns are the favorites and I still would have the Suns winning personally. But if you look at rosters when you compare, right? So Clippers took the Suns to six last year and the roster we have today, right now, is the same roster we had back then plus Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Plus Robert Covington. Those are two players we didn't have last year. And we still managed to take them to a six-game series. Um, I'm not saying that that could make a big difference, but um, we haven't got a really good taste of Paul George and Norman Powell together, but they can put up numbers. So I definitely think, you know, you're not comparing exact same teams from last year and that the Clippers could definitely make it an interesting series. Like you guys say, the Suns record has been amazing. Mikael Bridges, absolutely crazy player. So I don't like the chances, but I just think... It's not all the same as last year. It might not be an exact repeat. We don't have Kawhi, but we do have a better roster we did when we played them last year. That's that's mm. really good. I just have something quick to add. I'm curious, you guys. CJ McCollum, overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Perfectly rated. Mm, underrated. Yeah, I agree with you there, Josh. Underrated. No, he was really, really good yesterday. He's overrated. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, we're, <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Who's going to – that was good. I think, yeah, Hadley, that was actually really interesting about the um, same uh, the same roster. But, yeah, I guess the thing is, can they – Paul George has been out for so long. Can they ramp up in time? Yeah. Yeah. All right, who's gonna, who's taking the um, two, two, seven, 2 7 matchup? Yeah, I, I think I am. So this is the um, Grizzlies-Timberwolves. Now, personally, I think this will just be interesting. Like, I think – if you did have a Clippers, Grizzlies, Clippers may have an edge in experience or um, um, in that side of things, but having the Timberwolves with players like Anthony Edwards who haven't been in the playoffs, you've got two young, fast-paced teams. And to be honest, as much as, you know, I'd say that it'd be a closer series probably between a more experienced team versus the Grizzlies because of how the Grizzlies have played. But because both of them are a little inexperienced, I probably have, I probably have the Grizzlies based on their roster um, and their year just ahead. But I definitely think it'll be a really interesting um, time and actually really good for these young players to get playoff experience against another team who is also in a new position of being in the playoffs. All right, uh, Jono, what do you think? Yeah, I think this will be a really interesting series. Obviously, we've got like two really young teams. Um, Grizzlies, number two seed in the West this year, um, average age of 24.4. 
um, if they were to make it all the way to the finals, which obviously they're not favourites to do, but that would make them like the third youngest team, or maybe even, um, yeah, I think the third youngest team ever to make the finals in terms of average age, would be, would be pretty nuts. Um, Timberwolves, though, also young and especially inexperienced. I believe they've only made the playoffs one time in the past, like, you know, 15 years or something like that, and were eliminated in the first round. So you've got the likes of, yeah, Ja Morant leading his Grizzlies side. I think he's the best player in this playoff series, and I think for that reason, he can take the Grizzlies to a victory. But I can see Carl Anthony Towns having a big game. I can see Anthony Edwards having a big game. I can even see D'Angelo Russell having a big game. And I think that means that this series is likely to go six or maybe even seven. Two young, fast-paced teams. Um, and if it's going in on the night, either team can beat either team. Hmm. Yeah, John, I, I like what you said about the um, fast-paced teams because, you know, usually in the playoffs, like, it slows down to a half-court game, which is why I wasn't quite trusting the Grizzlies to be able to um, make it far in the playoffs. But this first-round first, first round, um, series is really good for them because this is the fastest-paced team in the NBA, the Timberwolves, versus the third-fastest team in the league, the Grizzlies. So it'll just be lots of fast break. Hopefully we get some, you know, rim-rattling uh Oops to Jai, you know, that'll, that'll always be good. But yeah, it's the both teams are so young. And one thing I hate to point out, the, the greatest shooter, uh, greatest big man shooter of all time, Carl Anthony Towns. That was air quotes, by the way, for you guys listening, because hashtag Dirk. But anyway, <laughs> Carl Towns is uh, in the playoffs. He had that one series, went to five games a couple of years ago, uh, 15 points per game on 27% three-point shooting. So... Look, he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. And two days ago, what in the playing game where a big, massive game against the Clippers, he fouls out with eleven points. Started out zero for seven. Started out zero for seven. Went three. He went twenty-seven point three percent from the floor. But if he's not going to step up, I don't think the Timberwolves have a chance because that's where they need to. Um, they have a mismatch usually when Towns is on the floor. But if he's just putting up inefficient numbers and not grabbing rebounds and not playing defense, it's over. I think the series hinges on Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I think, I think. Yeah, the the defense for the Timberwolves has been better than uh, everyone expected. They've been uh, they've been pretty good on that end. They're actually they are the thirteenth best defense in the league. So not not incredible, but they're going to need him to step up if they even want a chance at this one. But it should be a fun series. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think on that note of clutchness, like I think we often ex- forget that the Grizzlies did make the first round last year, and in that series, Jar did average thirty points. So even though they were beaten by a pretty, a pretty clinical and pretty efficient Jar's outfit, Jar has got a little bit of that experience that he's proven himself capable of putting up numbers in the playoffs. Like he even got forty-seven in Game Two of that series last year. So he's definitely proved it a little bit more than Carl Anthony Towns at that um, at this point. Yeah, that, um, so. Yeah, good. Josh, anything else or next? Yeah, no, I definitely echo what these um, two amazing gentlemen have said. And uh-huh. um, thank you, Josh. Yeah, like honestly, yeah, the T Wolves haven't made the playoffs since 2018. I'm pretty sure that's when Jimmy Butler was there, which is seems yeah. like a long time ago. <laughs> so um, been a minute. <laughs> yeah, been an absolute, been an absolute age, pretty much. And um. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to a, um, a really fast-paced um, playoff series there. And honestly, yeah, I reckon probably Memphis in six. Hmm. 
Nice. Yeah, I too awesome. would say Memphis in six. All right. Okay, we've got cool. the next. Helly, you got anything else to say on that? Should we, should we just keep on moving? No, if that's good, let's keep rolling. Yeah, Jono, Memphis in six, you, are you on that? Yeah, I write that. Memphis in six sounds about right. I think, I think, statement here, if Minnesota are going to win it, it'll be in seven. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good call. All right, we've got the three six. That's the Warriors versus the Nuggets. Look, Steph Curry is expected to play. That news came out earlier today. So that uh, is very good for the Warriors because they, they obviously need need his, not even necessarily his offense, they just need his gravity. And they're coming up against Jokic and who the heck else plays for the Nuggets? I don't even know. <laughs> it's the one-man one show. It's the probable MVP in Jokic, one of the most unstoppable forces Look, this is going to be a great series. The ball movement is just incredible from both of these teams. Josh, what are we thinking? Oh, I just like the Warriors in terms of them. They're just winners, eh? In terms of um, Steve Kerr there and the Warriors, I just I have a lot of belief in their systems and how they play. But I am a little bit worried about Steph Curry coming in cold, for sure. And I do see, I do have the Warriors as favourites for that series. But I can see the Nuggets and um, Jokic there taking some early games in that series. I saw a stat earlier today. I can't back up where it came from, but I saw a stat that when the Warriors have started Clay, Steph, and Draymond every game of a series, they haven't lost a series with those three starting every game. So, yeah, uh, those three just winners. Eh? Uh, Jono, what are we thinking? Yeah, I find the series really interesting because I, I look at the Warriors and I think, if they're just trying to play offense, like the best offense they possibly can, down the line, you know, closing out games, for me, their best lineup would have Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Wiggins at the four, and Draymond at the five. But realistically, I don't think they can play that rotation up against the Nuggets because you've got no one really capable of guarding Jokic there. And then probably the second best player at the moment on the Nuggets is Aaron Gordon as well. So... You've really got, you know, size against, you know, shooting. And the the Steve Kerr run offense of the Golden State Warriors is incredibly efficient. Like, they're all great shooters. And I think they can probably just blow the Nuggets off the floor in this series. But it'll be interesting to see how um, the amount of emphasis they put on trying to stop Jokic, if that sort of disrupts anything they have going at the offensive end, if they end up playing players that they might not against other teams could yeah, um, lose a little bit of that momentum and maybe allow the Nuggets to steal a couple of games. But overall, I've still got the Warriors going through pretty comfortably. Yeah. Hadley? To be honest, I think this is going to be a really interesting series. And I actually don't favourite one team majorly over the other. I, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know much about both teams. They're probably like my two least favourite teams in the league. So no, really... Don't care much about either of them. But I do think it'll be interesting. I do think Jokic will step up for a few games. I think Steph will be the difference, whether he's good or whether he's bad. But um, I see it going either way. Hot take. I'm saying Nuggets and six. Wow. I don't think think they have... I don't trust Draymond guarding Jokic. I don't think they have anyone who can stop Jokic. Clay's just been... He's been shot chucking... Hot or cold, he's just been chucking up shots inefficiently. Steph's been out, and he's going to come in cold. And I just don't trust 
that combination of things to lead to a Warriors victory. Hot take, mm. I know. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on there. No, I've got one hot take before we move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, if the, War- if the Warriors don't make out of the first round, I don't see Steve Kerr coming back to coach next year. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I've been talking to some Warriors fans, especially Caleb, and uh, they're just sick of Steve Kerr at the moment, eh? They're just like sick of. They just think he's like, you know, he was carried by KD and Steph, and like, I don't know, can't make adjustments. Yeah, that's a good. That's an interesting take, Josh. I like it. Like anything else? All right, we're moving on. Awesome, who's, awesome. Who's going to take my favorite? So series? yeah, we're going to look at the final series um, of the first round in the West. Now this is. The Dallas Mavericks against the Utah Jazz. Um, so you've got a really hot Mavs team led by Luka Doncic. Um, finished the season real strong. However, unfortunately, in the last game of the regular season, Luka managed to get injured, and now he has been ruled out officially of the first two games of this series. No, he, he hasn't coming. been ruled out officially, actually. That oh. was unofficially speculated to be maybe missing the first two games, but sorry. All right. So Luka might miss time, might not miss time, but we do know that he is injured. So, yes. could play a role. Um, they're coming up against the Utah Jazz, um, led by that duo of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who have really sort of fallen off the pace at the end of the regular season. There's a lot of speculation around, you know, if they don't do well in the playoffs this year, maybe the, um, the Jazz will just look to blow it all up. So, interesting series. Um, the first thing I want to ask to all you three boys is if you had to list the top three players in this series, who would you have as a best player? Who would you have as a second player? And who would you have as a third best player? Starting with you, Addison. Uh, obviously, Luca number one. That's not close. I would have Rudy Gobert as the second. Okay, well, hang on. Sorry, are we talk- sorry. Are we saying most important or best player? All right, best player. Okay, sorry. Okay, so Donovan Mitchell, then Rudy Gobert, and then Spencer Dinwiddie. By the way, just saying, he's in. The yeah, fair, fair, but. Good to see you rating um, those two Jazz players above, you know, anyone else in the Mavericks. What That's are you right. sitting at, Josh? No, I I'm, I'm think I totally agree with Anderson there in terms of obviously Luca is a MVP caliber player. And then obviously, um, yeah, honestly, I don't have a lot between um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Honestly, they both have different um, playing styles and obviously one of them, Gobert, obviously crazy defense. And Donovan Mitchell, obviously the um, scorer on that team. So between those two, second equal if I can. Nice, I'd nice. also say, yep. I'd just like to amend, um, if we're going by most, I think Rudy Gobert is more important to the Jazz than Donovan Mitchell is because of all the other ball handers like Bogdanovich and Clarkson. So just saying, I think Rudy Gobert is more important, but Donovan Mitchell is the better player. Yeah, fair enough. Where are you sitting at, Hadley? Pretty similar with those top three? Yeah, or? Very similar. It'll be those three. Definitely Luca first. I'm like Josh. Put the other two, um, second and third. Don't really mind where you put them, other than the fact that I agree with Addison. The defense of Rudy Gobert is probably more important than the offense of Donovan Mitchell. Even though I've watched a few Jazz games over the season, and it literally seems like their game plan is give Donovan Mitchell the ball and get out of the road. So, um, yeah, I, I think both of them are equally as important. Yeah, and I would also yeah. say Dinwiddie and Brunson are four and five. Okay, okay. Didn't ask that. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. All right, so yeah, obviously interesting dynamic here in this series where you've got Luca potentially injured, who I think most people would agree is the best player in this series, but then you've got those two Jazz linchpins who are sort of sitting in at two and three um, as the next best players in this series. So it creates sort of an interesting dynamic there of like, 
who's going to be able to take it out. So, yeah, I just want to hear from all you boys what your thoughts on the series are, who you think is going to take it out, and we'll start with you, Hadley. Um, obviously, this Luca injury will make things a lot more interesting, um, but I'm still going to say Mavs either way. I don't think that will actually change anything. The last Jazz game I saw, they just – it was against the Clippers. They just didn't have – they didn't have the the plays. Uh, it didn't have the defense. They just it was literally give Donovan the ball and get out of the road. So if he wasn't playing good, the rest of the team wasn't playing good, um, and just was heavily reliant on that. So I think in a in a series when they're up against uh, a hot Mavs team, maybe if the Mavs had a bad second half of the season, maybe a bit different. But they've been playing well recently. Could be different, but. I take Mavs either way. Um, I think the only way the um, the Jazz have a chance is if, um, like Addison was mentioning, Bogdanovich and Clarkson heat up and can help Donovan. Um, other than that, I just say Mavs in five or six. Nice, good take there. Yeah, definitely. I think the Jazz are going to need more help on offense. They can't just leave it all to Donovan. Um, Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how things go there. Josh, I'm interested to hear your take on this series. Um, with the recent events of um, Luka Doncic potentially being out, potentially two games, I'm going to say Jazz. Honestly, um, I thought it was going to be a close series from the start, but having the best player in the series potentially missing time, definitely, that's definitely swung it for me in the Jazz's favour in terms of winning the series. Mm. Sweet as. All right. Now let's see what the Mavs turn over here says. Addison. Hadley, you actually said a lot of really good good stuff, by the way. Thank I'd you. Like you'd like to commend you. Um, some interesting things. <sighs> Dinwiddie and Brunson have actually been quite good without Luca. Um, without Luca, we have been pretty good um recently. Um, but yeah, Dinwiddie and Lucas I'm sorry, Dinwiddie and Brunson specifically. Um Dinwiddie, only two games without Luca on the Mavs, but he averaged 31 points and seven assists. Obviously, that's not sustainable, but... Against uh, who? That's okay. Yeah, it was against oh. the Kings and the Rockets, so obviously terrible teams. Brunson, he had way more. He has one, two, three, about 17 games, and he averaged 20 points, eight assists. So that's a much bigger um, much bigger sample size, and I think, honestly, quite sustainable. Uh, one of those games as well was against the was against the Jazz just after Christmas, I believe. Oh, on Christmas, actually. And that was, he dropped 27 points with six assists. We just lost that game without Luca, So, and they, they had their full full starters there. Um, look, it's going to be an interesting series. And to be honest, even with the um, reports and stuff coming out about Luca potentially missing two games, I don't buy it. I've seen... <laughs> I've seen some uh, I've seen some videos and stuff of him, you know, walking around on a on a cycle machine and stuff. Um, I think Mavs are going to obviously keep it as close to their chest as can as they can, so they can have a you know advantage in terms of not letting the Jazz know what to prepare for. And so Luca Luca is an ultimate competitor, and so he's gonna he's gonna play even if he's hurting, and if he's playing even if he's 70, 80 percent. He's still going to be able to pass the ball. He might ramp down his scoring a bit, you know, give it, give a bit more to Dinwiddie, give a bit more to Brunson. But yeah, I agree with Hadley. I don't trust the Jazz's defense of like just funnel it to Gobert and the offensive let whoever's 
feeling okay truck it like Donovan Mitchell or Clarkson. Uh, they've been doing so terribly in clutch, clutch games. They blew that like 20 point, 20 point um, <laughs> lead to the Warriors the other day. Like it's been ugly and they're not, their chemistry is just falling apart. I just, Maz in five, baby. That's, that's all I have to say. Yeah. So a bit of a split panel here, obviously. Um, yeah, I think you raised a good point at the end there, Addison, about um, the potential culture inside that Jazz um, team. We're not sure how well everyone's getting along with each other, whether these playoffs, they're all really going to be like connected or whether there's going to be a bit of a like, you know, everyone, every man for himself type thing, people trying to show up um, if they don't believe that they can go all the way and they're just looking to, you know, go to a good team for next season. Yeah, they've um, Josh been taking had something to shots add. at each other. They've been taking shots at each other in the media. It's been kind of crazy to see. Eh? Go ahead, yeah, go. Eddie, I just want to ask you one um, question because I, I honestly don't watch a lot of the Mavs or the Jazz. I want to ask you how important is a home home court advantage for you as a Mavs fan in that series? Very, very important. That's a really good point, Josh. Um, I feel like the Utah Jazz actually have the biggest home court advantage in the league. You know, they've got the high altitude, so it's kind of harder for the players to adjust. They've got the crazy loud crowd. They've got a lot of home court advantage. So to have those first two games at home, especially if maybe we're missing Luca that first game or two, to, to give the role players that energy, to give, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's going to be key in the series, um, or the energy they need to um, pick up the slack, I think it's really important. And sorry, I just forgot to mention one thing. Um... If, do you remember last year, Hadley, the Clippers versus Jazz series? Do you remember how Terrence Mann went off in the series? off, yes. Yep. So that's because the Jazz's defense is, obviously, if they're going against a five-out offense, they're going to put Rudy Gobert on the worst three-point shooter, whoever's standing in the corner. And so that was Rudy. That was uh, Terrence Mann. So he's got so much opportunity. That's going to be Dorian Finney-Smith in this series. They've put him against uh, Rudy Gobert um, a couple times this season and he's been really good and he's going to be key to the series. He's shooting 40% from three. Uh, yeah, he's going to be really big in the series because he's one of the best 3 and D guys in the league and if he's got Gobert on him, he's going to have to hit his threes and he's going to have to drive to the rim. So, yeah, just thought I'd leave you guys with that. Yeah, no, some great points there. Definitely going to be a tight series, I think, and obviously Luca's injury adds a bit of a different dynamic as well, I think. Um, yeah, the two Mavs boys um, who had the Mavs as their picks have managed to convince me, but I could definitely see it going deep. So I reckon seven. Uh, so yeah, Mavs and seven. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the West player matchup. So anything you'd like to add there, Addison? Uh, nah, I think I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we'll um we'll give it we'll have a little break. Uh, we're just gonna reset. We're just gonna reset and then come back. We'll cover the East. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. But yeah, we'll be back in a second. Woo. All right. Before we get into the East playoff matchups, fun fact: Stephen Adams, as we all know, one of the best centers in the NBA, hailing from the mighty New Zealand, fifth most assists in the league from a center this year. Great passing, big man. Only really rivaled by Jokic, in my opinion. Got to love that. <laughs> Best passing center, apart from Jokic. Got to agree with that. All right. In the East, we've had the playing game. We had the Nets kind of comfortably beat the Cavs, although not that comfortably. They were, they were blowing a bit of a lead. 
a lead. I think it was 10 points in the end. Then we had the Hawks absolutely destroying the Hornets. Sorry, Jacob. Rest in peace, Lamello. Uh, just before we uh, go on, guys, is there any, like, are we feeling any different about Lamello's future now that he's blown two massive play, uh, playing, he's had two massive playing losses in the last two years? Now, for mm-hmm. me, not at all. He's still incredibly young. Like, when your team is a 10th seed or the 9th seed, I can't remember what they were last year. I think they've been 10th seed both years. You're not really expected to win the play-in anyway. So the Hawks are always going to be better. I I agree with that. But to be honest, I've always kind of thought Lamella was a bit overrated anyway. thought he was just a little bit of a player coming in with too much hype and he was just going to be overrated and I guess a little bit washed up maybe and just like... I, I thought I always thought just the man was a little bit overrated. So I think the fact that people are giving him too much aid, I'm like, the man's young. Yes, he got rookie of the year, but I think Anthony Edwards gave him a real good shot for that. I'm still I said the other day to a friend after after that playing game, I'm I'm picking Anthony Edwards over Lamello at the moment. Like I think Anthony like Edwards is really valuable. Um yes, yeah, so I've always thought Lamello, so I don't think you can give him too much hate. Um, because I already think he's a little overhyped. Okay, true, Josh. Oh my goodness, Henley, that was that was disgusting. No, I, <laughs> no, I agree with Jono wholeheartedly. I think like yeah, he's going to be a star, and like yeah, coming as a tenth seed, it's pretty hard to really move your team into their playoff playoff picture when you're starting from that far back. And yeah, honestly, Lamelo, best thing to come out of the NBL um, in Australia since forever, even though he only played one season. True. Also, uh, he didn't even play bad in that game, I'd say. Like, he had 26 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Like, he probably wasn't that efficient. He was not efficient but, at all. At like, all. someone had to score, right? I mean, I guess it was really, it was quite, quite inefficient. I will find out how inefficient, because it was pretty bad. Okay, maybe that's a fair call. Like, I just look at the the raw numbers. This comes from me being someone who loves playing um, NBA fantasy points leagues. That's all I think <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, okay. Just the um, you know the uh, usage rate and the points put up. And he went he went seven for twenty five from the field. So that is twenty eight percent from the field and four of fourteen from three, which is twenty eight percent. So very yeah, okay. very well, inefficient. It's not great, eight, is it? Eight of ten free throws. Um, also, I just thought it was funny that they've put a picture of last year's playing score on the wall in the locker room as motivation for this season, and then they got blown out the exact <laughs> same. So maybe they need to put this uh, picture of the score beside it. You know, hopefully, you know, maybe do better than in the playing game next year. But yeah, uh, I have to agree, Hadley. Lamelo Ball is overrated. Anyway, we've got the Hawks versus Cavs tomorrow. How are we feeling about that matchup? Uh, by the way, Jarrett Allen is looking. I think it was uh, likely to play. So he's he's yeah he's probably going to play in that one. Yeah, Jono, how are we feeling about that matchup? I've got the Hawks. Um, even if Jarrett Allen is coming back, I just watched the Hawks Hornets game the other day, and they looked like we heard Trey Young at the start of the season say, essentially, I'm bored by the regular season. The playoffs are so much more fun. And at the time, I thought it was shocking from him because. The Hawks were like the 12th seed or something, and then they only managed to like scrape into the ninth seed, which is the reason they're in the playoff, the play-in anyway. So maybe they should have been trying a little bit harder. But you can tell that Trey Young thrives in this environment. 
the team is like, you know, quite well put together and their offense was looking really, really good yesterday. And I can just see them blowing this Cavs team out of the water who just, other than Darius Garland, don't have that much offensive firepower unless someone like Kevin Love just randomly heats up and gets 30 points in like 15 yeah. minutes off the bench. Yeah, or, or Karis the bird. But yeah, yeah, great. Josh, how are we feeling? This one I'm not too sure about. Eh? I think it can go either way. I'm not scared about the Cavs having home court advantage. I don't know why. I just see them as a very regular season team. So I'm actually, I'm with Jono here. I'm going to go with the Hawks because I think Trey Young definitely is looking, he's looking to get back into that playoff picture. And he's, I think he thrives on these um really big games. Yeah. Hadley? I don't know much to say. I got the Hawks. I don't like the Cavs. Let's go Trey. Okay, nice. Uh, I too have the Hawks as much as I think Trey Young is overrated. They've got experience on their side and the Cavs definitely overperformed to start the year. I think we can all agree on that. And without, you know, even Mobley only just came back. He was pretty impressive in the game the other day, but yeah, they're just not as um, ready for this sort of environment as the Hawks are, I think. So let's just assume the Hawks, Hawks win, although I don't think it'll be much... Um, I don't think it'll change your guys' opinions that much if the Cavs, if the Cavs make it to the eight seed. But we've got Miami in the one seed coming up against, let's just say, the Hawks. Obviously, Miami have been good all year. They've had some quite um, interesting struggles in terms of having a go-to scorer and injuries, and you know Jimmy Butler not quite being himself on the offensive end. Um, Kyle Lowry's been um, heating up a bit to to close the season out, but they're obviously a really really good team. Um, and coming up against eight seed, who could be the Hawks, could be the Cavs. Uh, Hadley, how are we feeling about Miami taking on either of those two teams? Um, pre, sorry, can you just come back to me in one second? Yeah, we'll do, bro. Josh, how are we feeling? Yeah, I don't, I don't I'm not actually too sure that I'm feeling as confident as you've um, made it out to be, Addison. Honestly, I think if the Hawks make that. Um, one eight seed. I would say Trey Young is probably the best player in that series if they make it through into that one eight seed. And You're saying Trey Young is better than Jimmy Butler. Oh, just I just think yeah, I think so. Like in terms of how the game's played now, in terms of hitting threes, Jimmy Butler was the most inefficient person from three this yeah. this season. 20, so 23, honestly, twenty three percent on only half an attempt a game. Sorry, on two attempts yeah. a game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he just doesn't shoot threes. So honestly, I'm I'm still going to heat, but I'm going to say in seven. Mm. Did you say heat in seven? Interesting. I'm going to yeah. say heat in seven. Jono, how are we feeling? I'm back in the heat a lot more, I think. Um, that purely comes down to, although the Hawks might have a bit of, you know, offensive rating, a little bit more firepower there, the Heat are a more balanced team. Eric Spolstra is also a very smart coach. I think he'll find ways of utilizing the Hawks' defensive vulnerabilities. He'll send players at Trey Young. He'll find ways of getting switches that he wants. And you've also got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are two really good defensive players. Um, and I think they'll do a relatively good job of limiting some of the Hawks' offense. Final thing I'd like to add here is I think X-Factor player potentially in this series, who we've all sort of forgotten about in the NBA for the last couple of seasons, Victor Oladipo. Now, oh, he probably won't He dropped 40 there, didn't so, he? Yeah, 
in the final regular season game, um, where without a lot of other starters, obviously, he dropped 40. He, you know, he could be that X-factor player that, you know, maybe this series, maybe later in the playoffs, really, you know, kicks the heat up a notch. Yeah, he had, one thing about that is he has been pretty much out of the rotation the whole year. Um, and Spolstra is a guy who, who sticks with his rotations quite a lot, so I don't know how much playing time he will get. I think if they're winning a lot against the Hawks or the Cavs, that's a good time to obviously integrate him and, you know, test him out. And hopefully, you know, if he's heating up, that's really good to have someone like that for uh, for the future series. Yeah, Haley, how are we feeling about that? To be honest, I actually think this is just going to be an incredibly close matchup. Like, I was just thinking about this before. Um, I think seven-game series, and because I couldn't really decide... Uh, Heat have home court, so let's go Heat in seven. Um, I just think they've, they've probably got a more all-rounded team to close that out at the end. And just, um, they are, I just think they'll have that experience compared to uh, Trey just being by himself. But um, I think it'll be extremely close either way. Yeah, just one thing. The Heat, obviously, the Heat have the fourth best defense. Atlanta have the fifth worst defense, so that's, Atlanta's defense has been horrible this whole year, so I don't trust that. Um, I don't trust that in the playoffs. They're just not going to be able to stop anybody. And yeah, Jimmy Butler's been kind of off, I guess, from three in mid-range. But you've got too many guys who can score the ball. You've got Tyler Hero. You've obviously got Victor Oladipo. You've got Kyle Lowry. You've got Bam. You've just got too many people who can score. And I don't... The Atlanta Hawks can't guard a parked car, so they're not, they're not making it out of the first round. <laughs> All right, yeah, who's okay? We've got the 2 7 seed. Who's who's gonna talk about that? Yeah, so I was here. Um, Celtics versus Nets. This is actually going to be a phenomenal series, very controversial. This is literally offense versus defense. Who's going to come out on top? Um, personally, my opinion with this series, um, fun fact just found out Robert Williams is presuming to play he is planning on playing it's series back from injury and to be honest i just think that defense for the absolutely flaming hot celtics um will be too much i reckon marcus smart up there for the defensive player of the year award um now with robert williams i just think they'll be too hard to stop um but then again you're talking about kevin durant one of the hardest players to defend in the league person averaging one of the most points in the league. So either way, I think it'll be a big series. Personally, go Celtics and six, but I think either way, it'll be phenomenal series, but um, can go either way. Um, Edison, what do you think? Yeah, um, obviously, offense versus defense. I'm with you, Hadley. I'm just saying, I'm saying Celtics and six is my, my prediction as well for a couple of reasons. Um, obviously defense is really important in the postseason and I think defense becomes more important than offense and the Celtics have the best defensive rating in the league. Even if you take Robert Williams out of the lineup, they would have the eighth best defense in the league. So even though he's obviously a really big part of their success, it's still sustainable without them. Al Horford's had a really good bounce back year, especially on the defensive end and Tatum and Brown and Smart are obviously just really, really good defenders um, on the wings and guards. So I, out of any team, they've got the best defense to be able to stop Kevin Durant. And they've also got the offensive firepower to be able to run through 
anybody on the Nets because what they're starting Andre Drummond at the five, Kevin Durant at the four, Seth Curry at the two, Kyrie at the one. They're just they can't guard anything. They've got the let's check their defensive rating. They've got the twentieth ranked defense in the league over the season, and unless Ben Simmons comes back, which apparently he might come back in games four to six potentially, they just can't guard anybody. And I don't think, um, I don't think trusting a guy who hasn't played competitive basketball in over a year is going to be the way to win a series. So I have Celtics in six. Yeah, Joshua, how? About you. Oh, I'm I'm actually picking the offense. I'm picking the offense here. I'm picking Brooklyn seven. Um, I just see. Well, Durant basically carried this team to basically his toe on the line. They would have been in the finals last year, and I I do see a lot in that. So honestly, I see Durant coming up firing. Kyrie's playing this series. I'm looking. I'm seeing Brooklyn in seven. I. I like the look of Brooklyn. I see them as a really big dark horse in the playoffs this year. Uh, the only, the main thing I agree with you there is that I think, unfortunately, if it goes to seven, it'll be Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I do actually agree. All right. Uh, yeah, if it gets that close, Brooklyn could take it out. JM? It is, yeah. Obviously got to be a tight matchup here. Um, I'm going to go Celtics. I think six or seven. And I think one of the main reasons I'm saying that is obviously Kevin Durant, one of the best players in this league, like absolutely insane. But I think something that people aren't talking about enough with this series is Jason Tatum. Like mm-hmm. he's not as good as Kevin Durant, but it, he's not that far off, especially the way he played at the end of the season. Like this is a guy that in some of these big games could almost go toe to toe with KD in terms of, you know, just that offensive firepower he has. He has the ability to get hot from the outside he has the ability to get inside, make easy layups, easy dunks, all that. I think that his offensive firepower is enough to carry the Celtics and keep games tight without, you know, the Nets just getting away by getting hot early. And that means, like, if we get a lot of crunch time games, that Celtics defense that you boys have all been talking about will really, like, come up clutch and I think help them win this series overall. In this series, who are the top three players? I want them in order because there is, I reckon there's some serious debate in that. All right, I'll start off there. Yeah. But number one, Kevin Durant. Number two, Jason Tatum. Number three, Kyrie Irving. I'm going number one, Jason Tatum. Number two, Kevin Durant. Number three, Kyrie Irving. Give me one second. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think KD is the better player. In terms of he's just got more playoff experience and he's just a ruthless scorer. And I think he can do it. <clears throat> we've seen a lot from Jason Tatum this year, but I necessarily haven't seen it really deep into a, into a playoff grind that is going to be this series in a six or seven game series. So, yeah, KD, Jason Tatum, and um, yeah, Kyrie at three for me. Hmm. I'm going to say Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, because Tatum's defense has been incredible this season. Yeah. 
I haven't seen enough from Kevin Durant on that side of the ball. Uh, if he ramp, if he can take his intensity to another level and provide rim protection for the Celtics while playing like the five, because he's going to need to play the five in the closing lineups. You know, he's going to need to. Then they kind of Drummond out there to close games. They're going to need. He's going to need to play the five. I disagree so, with that. There, I think Claxton is going to finish games for them. I can't see KD playing the five up against the Celtics in clutch time. Okay. Well, e- either way, he's going to need to play some serious mm. defense. And I've seen it from Jason Tatum. I haven't seen it from Kevin Durant this season. And yeah, sure, Tatum's offense is slightly less, 20, 28 points per game to 30 points per game. But the defense is just so much more for Tatum that I think Tatum, Durant, and then I've got Kyrie. Jalen Brown's slightly under that because of the defense. But yeah, Kyrie's been pretty amazing this season. All right, should we move on? We've got the... Who's next? The Bucks versus the Bulls, Josh. Yeah, so I've got the <clears throat> defending champion Bucks, who are uh, the third seed this year against a really newly created team, the Bulls, who have honestly the start of the year were honestly one of my dark horses to win it all until they had a couple injuries in the playoffs, especially um, Alec Caruso is something that I would like to mention in terms of someone that's actually a big loss that people kind of undermine. So, um, yeah, what are we thinking about this series? We'll go to you first, Hadley. Right. Um, I just take Giannis. We don't, don't have much to say. I know Bulls been close regular season. It'll be interesting, but they don't have a Giannis stopper. I just think it'll be over before it started. Unfortunately, I like like both teams, like the Bucks. Um, yeah, I think it'll be Bucks in five. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay, Jono? For me, Bucks and four. Um, yeah, obviously the Chicago team has run hot at certain times during the season, but I think a really interesting stat to know about Chicago is they went 14-1 and one against the four top teams in the East this season. Um, they haven't proven it. Oh, sorry, sorry. 1-14. and 1-14. That's a, a very big difference. Um, yeah, they haven't proven it against the best teams, and yeah, I think the Bucks are just blown out of the water. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Bucks and Bucks and four is my guess too, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, Lonzo Ball's still out. Obviously, Alex Crusoe only just came back, and even Patrick Williams, who's the really good, you know, young young guy. It's unfortunately he's had to miss the whole season. And next season, I think they can come back and um, be good. But yeah, I've got Bucks and four. They're the defending champs. They've got experience. One other thing that I think is underrated is that. Uh, De- DeMar DeRozan, yeah, he's had a really good season, but I don't think relying on deep pull-up twos the entire postseason is sustainable, and I don't think it's winning basketball. Obviously, they've struggled against the top teams. You need he's it's so frustrating because he's obviously so good, and he's obviously got the shooting touch because he can shoot. He's like fifty-four percent on mid-range shots on like ridiculous numbers per game. But he just almost refuses to step out to the three-point line. And it's so frustrating because he's going to need to shoot threes and be efficient on threes and not shoot as many mid-range twos. Everyone knows they're the worst shots of the game. If he doesn't do that, they're not making it out of the first round next year. Even. <clears throat> so, yeah, bucks and four. It's it's easy for that one. Yeah, I totally agree with all of you. I totally echo of all you guys said. And yeah, 100%. I'm saying bucks and four too. All right. Love to hear it. So I think moving on to that 4-5 matchup now, the most interesting series in the first round for me. We've got Philly. 
against the no. Toronto Raptors. It's got to be big. Um, could go either way. So we've got Philly, led by um, Joe Allen Bede, and then after the midseason trade to acquire James Harden, they've got that one-two punch. First few games with these two, um, people started making ridiculous comparisons to like Kobe and Shaq, and oh, they're so good. The pick and roll is unstoppable. Um, sort of, especially Harden's play since then has got a little bit worse. You know, he's still been inefficient, all sorts. Um, so yeah, you've got a, a Philly team that could go either way. You've got Embiid, obviously one of the best players, but like, who knows what else is around him? And then you've got Toronto, who have been finishing pretty strong. They've got their whole team back healthy now and ready to go. Um, their starting lineup essentially you've got Fred Van Fleet, and then you've got four like reasonably big wings with Ananobi, um, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, and Siakam. And then of course the X factor, or like um, one of the the big factors in this playoffs is the fact that because of Toronto's vaccine mandate, Matisse Thibel, one of Philly's big um, defensive stoppers, is unable to play for those away games in Toronto for Philly. So I'm going to throw it over to Addison. What do you think about this series? Toronto in six. That's what I'm saying. Uh, a couple of reasons for this. Obviously, um, obviously the, um, the vaccine thing is really is really interesting and could be very big um, for this for the season. Um, but I think any team any team that out of any teams that have a shot to stop Joel Embiid, it's these it's these Raptors. And because they're they're so switchy, they're so mobile, they can just throw two, three. They've got these crazy defensive schemes. They've got like triangle and twos. They've got box and ones. They've got an incredible coach. And I've got. Obviously, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a debate that Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc Rivers. And let's be controversial. Honest, no, I'm no. Not, not not even controversial. <laughs> That's just it should just be general basketball basketball knowledge. But yeah, um, they've got a much deeper team. I think, especially with Thibault, you're gonna have to re- rely so much on Maxi, who's been better this season, but he hasn't really proved that much in the playoffs. And Harden has just been so up and down and so inefficient it's just crazy and you've got one team that's gonna make it hard for Embiid I just can't see them I just can't see them beating I just can't see um the Sixers taking that one out to be honest with you and also sorry just I just found out without Matisse Thibel the Philadelphia 76ers have a 114.2 defensive rating which would be best, which would be good for 26th in the league. So he's obviously really massive to their defense. And without him, what? Who, they, they, they're just going to struggle to stop someone like Van Vliet, who's shooting incredibly from three and who's been really, really good this season. Yeah, yeah, good thoughts, good thoughts. I think, yeah, you raise a lot of good points, especially about that switchability there of Toronto's defense, which I think will make it really hard on, especially, yeah, those guards, um, for Philly, like Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. Josh, what are your thoughts here? Um, I'm going Philly. I'm going Philly, and I'm going Philly in six. I think um, you've talked a lot about um, home court in Toronto, but I honestly that Philly, that Philly stadium when that gets going, I reckon that's a massive advantage as well for Philly. And I think them having a home court advantage in that series, being the fourth seed. And I would honestly say have the two best players in the series, even though Harden is 
I would say inconsistent. I'm going to go with Philly in six in this one. Ooh, oh, can, we just, can we just go back to that? Top three players in the series. You've got Harden. Top two? Yes. Really? I would have both Siakam and Van Vliet higher on my list than Harden this year. Harden's defense has been historically bad. And his offense has been inefficient yeah. to counter that. So I would, if we're doing like a top three players in the series, I've got Embiid, Siakam, Van Vliet. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, like obviously Harden was, they gave up a lot to get Harden. Simmons obviously wasn't really going to be playing for them, but um, I think something that was underrated potentially is the fact they gave up Seth Curry, who I think worked very well next to Joel Embiid. Um, and having Harden, who hasn't been shooting as efficiently from either outside or inside the um, the three-point line, is, yeah, he hasn't stepped up as much as they've needed him to in the regular season. Um, so they really need him to step up big time in the playoffs. Hadley, what are your thoughts on this series? Oh, guys, I've been so patiently quiet here. Took a lot of self-control not to talk while you guys were talking. But um, I just... I say, first of all, Raptors in six. Um, I am a little bit biased, um, except for the fact that Raptors won the season series against Philly. Last game being in Philly, just the swarming defense on Embiid kept them something like 20 or 30% from the field. Um, the swarming defense, the um, how deep our bench goes, Precious Sachua taking, um, just playing amazing defense against Embiid and Chris Boucher taking the charge in the final minute against Harden. Um, just how hot we've been at the moment, Pascal Siakam. They had, like you said, with the only defender from Philly gone, they had no answer for Siakam. He dropped in that game 37, 12, and 11. Um, and I think it's like also one of the first times we got a fully healthy squad um, with OG back, Gary Trent Jr. back. Gary Trent had a rough patch after the All-Star break, but has come back to his usual self playing really well. He's got five, fun fact, five 30-plus 30, um, 30 point games in a row, which is the most in, like, Raptors, oh, I think in Raptors franchise. But um, if he plays like that, we get OG in there. Um, Scotty's doing good defense. The defense of our bench, I don't think, I don't think um, the 76ers will have something to counter that personally. But I am a little bit biased, and I do think Embiid is up there for MVP. And if he turns it on in the game, it will not be an easy task. I've got one more thing to add, if that's okay, guys. Josh, I saw you raise your hand. You can jump in after me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, Embiid and Harden, per game, are averaging a combined 21 free throw attempts. That's ridiculous. And I think to be relying on the refs that much, like you've seen Embiid just throwing himself into defenders. Harden does his old, you know hook his arm and all the tricks yeah it's clever but they rely on they're going to rely on the refs so much that i don't think it's sustainable for a series as well mm. yeah i've got one just one quick question to pose to you all i want to ask who in this series has the most to prove in terms of player in terms of coach in terms of team Johnny, you first Jono. yeah james harden I think he's had, you know, he's been on like, I don't know whether you'd call it a super team, but he had his Chris Paul Rockets team. Like He was the leader of that team. They brought in Chris Paul. They were essentially built to beat the Warriors. 
and they blow a 3-1 um, series lead in, I think it was the Western Conference Finals. Um, then he joined this Brooklyn team, gave it one year, um, wasn't happy about the fact he wasn't getting enough help, probably because he just didn't want to contribute that much anymore from my point of view. He couldn't do it alone. Um, got himself traded out of there to play with one of the best players in the NBA, Joel Embiid. But the fact of the matter is Joel can't do it all alone either. Um, Harden has to be really good for that team to go far. And he's got to prove it in the first round or else people are going to, you know, start seeing that as an even worse trade. And yeah, Harden's going to end up being one of these, you know, overrated players in the NBA. Yeah, seconded mm. Harden for sure. You heard Sweet. Me? Yeah, I probably have to agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I yeah I tend to agree. I do I do want to see um and Joel Embiid prove himself in the playoffs a bit more. Okay, sure. For sure. Let's let's expand this question to the whole playoffs. Who's got the most to prove this playoffs? That's an interesting question, isn't it? I haven't. I haven't thought. It's a hard question. Hard question. Hard question for next. Okay, okay, hang on. I'll change it. Uh, team that has the most approved this playoffs. We could wait for this till next week to see who's who started okay. off well. Yeah, okay. And then we, we can, can see who's... I have, a, I have a team that I think has the most approved, and I think it's the Utah Jazz. I think they've had too much continuity. They've been pretty healthy this season. Barely any injuries, apart from Joe Ingles. That was obviously, um, that was obviously unfortunate. But if they... If they like lose to the Mavs in four or five, you've just got to think they're blowing it up, right? They're gonna either get rid of Gobert, they've got to split up that jaw if things don't go right. I think Quinn's side is definitely on the block as well. He's got so much to prove. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Sounds like a fair point. That's interesting, and I guess we'll see how they respond next week. And come back yeah, to that one actually. Yeah, we've got the playoffs starting for us right. at five AM guys. Five AM on Sunday morning is the Mavs. Mavs vs Jazz, first game of the playoffs. Hadley, you're in Australia, so it'll be 3 a.m. I, I assume you won't be getting up for that. No. Oh. I'll be waking up for the for the 4 a.m. Raptors-Philly game four next week, though. I noticed that one. Yeah, true, true. On a separate note, guys, really important. Happy Easter to you all. It's Good Friday today. You know, you got to remember what this is all about. You know, Jesus dying for us on the cross. You know, he raised... He raised himself the from the dead three days later. This is going to be a good playoffs, but, you know, we've got to think about what this season really means. And, <laughs> Love that. Awesome. Love that. Good yeah, happy Easter, cool. everyone. Happy All Easter. Right. Happy Easter. Thank you for Enjoyed joining it. us. Um, we might have a couple of extra episodes this week. Maybe. We'll see how we're feeling. We're all on the break. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how we go. All right, guys. Josh uh, having a break. Later. Yeah, true. Oh, except for Josh, who's obviously working. Yeah. Oh, well, shot guys, uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace out. Good job.